Welcome to the Beauty Talk Podcast, where we feature how the best medical practitioners help their patients to look better, younger, and healthier. Now, enjoy the show, and here's your host. Daniel Gao here. I'm the host of Beauty Talk, where we feature the top medical practitioners in health and beauty, both inside and out. Now, today I have Panteha Partovi from Santosha Aesthetics. She did her undergraduate at UC Berkeley and received her graduate degree from Loma Linda University. She then became a physician assistant due to the versatility of the field and is currently a multi-specialty medical provider with professional experience in primary care, medical aesthetics, and psychiatry. She started Santosha Aesthetics before she turned 30 with a colleague and with only $5,000 and slowly grew it to what it is now. So, Pantea, glad to have you here. Hi, thank you for having me. So let's dive right into it. I'm curious, how did you first get interested in aesthetics? It is the art of the practice. So growing up, I always was a very creative child. I remember I used to make clothes for my Barbies from like felt, I don't know, it's like from like Michaels or Joann's, like these like mm -hmm. felt sheets. And I used to make clothes from scratch. I was gifted a sewing machine from my parents when I was 14. I started, um, I was self-taught in like art and painting when I was 15 or 16. I just kept wanting to create. And that's what always gave me a lot of joy. When I was younger, I used art as a medium for expression. Um, so it was a lot of like being able to express myself and be able to heal as well. So then growing up and then going into, deciding to go into the medical field, medical aesthetics was something that I could do where I could merge my passion for biology, my passion for science and medicine with my creativity and my passion to create and grow. Got it. Nice. Now, can you discuss some of the most popular treatments that your patients come to you for and also why you think they're the most popular? So I would say hands down, the most popular treatment is neurotoxin treatments, which is everyone knows as Botox. There's Botox, Dysport, Javeau. The most, uh, the newest one now is Daxify. This is probably, this is an entry level to aesthetics because one, it is addresses an issue that everybody has, which is fine lines and wrinkles. Um, whether we like it or not, as we age, we are going to develop fine creases where we have muscle movement. So the most popular places are gonna be around our eyes, crow's feet, 11 lines, which is the frown line, forehead, and, but we could do all these different other things with it in our face. But that's entry level because one, you know, it kind of it serves everybody. Everybody can make use of it, but also it's, very, very non-invasive and it's, you know, not very, I would say scary for someone who mm. is very naive or very new to the world of aesthetics. It's something that, you know, requires very little downtime, minimal discomfort, doesn't take too long to inject, the treatment doesn't take too long. Um, and the effects don't stay for very long. The effects stay anywhere from three months, four months, um, with Daxify in the market, maybe up to six months. Um, so it's something that um, isn't very intimidating for first timers, so. Now, are there any emerging treatments that you're particularly excited about that's coming out on the market? There's always new emerging treatments <laughs> coming out on the market. <laughs> I always tell people, you know, people are always like, oh, you know, when was the last time you trained? And, or when was the last time you did this or that? I'm I'm always in training. I'm always in learning about new things, webinars, hands-on treatments, you know, trainings, all that stuff. Um, I think the things that I'm most excited about, oh, it's so hard, I'm excited about everything. So, so regenerative medicine is one of them. So mm -hmm. basically things that use 
what we already know about cells, what we already know about cellular regeneration, and being able to use that now in the aesthetic field to help with skin rejuvenation or help with hair regrowth by just pushing our cells to renew themselves and to go through the process of um, neo neocollagenesis or um, anything else that helps with, you know, laxity of the skin, which happens with, you know, aging and as we get older and anything else, fine lines, large pores, I would say acne scars, anything like that, you're regenerating the skin to make new cells. And I think it's really cool because it also is something that is a little bit more, I would say, natural, where we're using things like PRP or we're using things like um, exosome, which is um, stem cell particles to help regenerate what we already have. Mm -hmm. So it's something that kind of brings in also a new market as well. Yeah. And that's a very big differentiator in practices. I'm starting to see a little bit more medical spas bringing on regenerative medicine because it's the new wave and it definitely makes your typical med spa stand out. Now that kind of leads me into my next yeah. question as far as I want to talk about what really differentiates your practice from others in the industry. And I actually want to start off with the name Santosha. How did you come up with that name? Yeah, so I came up with this name. It actually came to me. I practice yoga. I used to practice more than I do now, <laughs> but um, you know, I was in my practice and we were doing you know, some type of move or something, but the yoga instructor, he was reciting some some poems and then he said, Santosha. And I was like, wow, that's beautiful. And and he went on to explaining what it means in Santosha in Sanskrit, which is, it's an Arabic language. It's an old yogic language. In Sanskrit, it means to find contentment within yourself. And I thought that was very, very cool because it was very aligned with some of the reasons why I wanted to go into medical aesthetics. And it was right around the time when I was thinking about going into this field and, and opening a practice. So it seems like an oxymoron. And for me, that was the reason I wanted to go into because I wanted to be able to blend those two worlds of, of okay, you're in this box that you get invasive or non-invasive work done, whether it's, you know, uh, plastic surgery or, or, or um, you know, non-invasive, but um, you're in this box and that means that all you care about is your looks or you're superficial or that everyone's going to know or that you look fake. But then you're also in this box where you really care about preserving yourself or you care about like rejuvenation, like things mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. um, and you want to be able to take care of yourself in a way where it's healthy, where you're looking at yourself as well. You know, I'm really confident. Like I can, uh, th this confidence opens doors for me. This confidence makes me feel uh, rejuvenated and refreshed and allows me to, you know, show up with my best foot forward, basically, without having to kind of bank on a complex or wanting to look like the next trend or wanting to look like the next, you know, Instagram person or, you know, reality TV star, you know, anything like that, basically. So mm -hmm. it was kind of something that was, it just fit what I wanted to do for people, which mm -hmm. is yes, you can get work done. It's called self-care and no, you don't have to lose yourself within that or want to be something that you're not. Okay. Got it. So it's a very unique way of approaching it. And actually that kind of goes into like another way that yeah. you approach your relationship with your patients, also a very unique way. We were talking about this before, but you introduce the concept of yeah. play into the practice, in particular, how it kind of breaks down that very stuffy relationship between the medical professional and the patient. So could you talk a little bit more about that as well? So if you know me personally, I, I always say I'm a child at heart. 
Um, and so that kind of flows with this idea of being playful and remembering how to play. And so for me, it's the way that I address my patients is, you know, I walk in, I, I, I talk to you like a friend. I ask you about what you do and your family and, and, you know, it's kind of like a conversation back and forth and I get to know you and I get to know your values. And for me, that also helps me when I'm trying to come up with your aesthetic plan when you're, you know, so when my patient, you know, when I'm getting to know them on a different level, on a level that is a little bit less, I, I, I call it stuffy, then I'm able to say, oh, okay, this person's kind of like this and, you know, they're asking for this and maybe this suggestion will work better for them. So I feel like I can just be a better provider for them. Also, they feel, or I'm a little bit more relatable to them because, you know, it's not just, you know, this person, you know, medical provider in a white coat that has this education and, you know, is in this office in Beverly Hills. And, you know, it just kind of brings down the the level, the, the so many different levels of separation and kind of brings the individual a little closer so that they feel more comfortable um, being able to share with me, you know, what they need, what they want, that sort of thing. Now, you're also more of a boutique practice, so a lot more of that individual care, the individual attention, which I think goes a lot into your concept of play, but could you also talk a little bit more about kind of how, why you want to position yourself more as that boutique practice? Yeah. Yeah. So the boutique practice basically means it's, you know, we're a small business right now. I'm um, the only injector, which um, I really do appreciate. I mean, the, the time where um, there will be more injectors, but, but the idea of a boutique practice is that when you come in, you know what you're getting, you know who's injecting you, and whatever conversations you've had, those things are gonna be remembered for the next time and the next time, and um, your treatments will be layered, and your needs and wants will also be layered, because it's not like you're starting fresh every time and you have to explain your history again, and you have to do that sort of thing. It also just makes me feel a little bit more comfortable as well, because I'm able to remember more patients, mm -hmm. and I'm able to be able to um, get to know them you know, over a long period of time, just follow them through their journey mm -hmm. um, so yeah okay good thank you for sharing now I'm curious how do you approach educating your patients about the services you offer and the benefits I'm sure you get some people come in they're not quite sure what they're looking for and so you have to kind of educate them and guide them on really what like what really fits their situation and what the benefits of that so can you talk a little more about your approach when it comes to that so that also ties into being a boutique practice so i spend a lot more time i'm able to spend more time instead of you know having to be on a strict you know regimen um, or guideline of how much time i can spend with the patient but um basically i have a few different types of patients so i have the patient who knows exactly what they want and they've had you know they've, they've been in the aesthetic world for a while and that's a little bit different i walk in and i realize this you know within the first five to ten, ten seconds that i'm in the room that okay this patient knows a little bit more about what they want they're more comfortable with, with aesthetics and so I'm able in my um, treatment and my recommendations for them, not my treatment, I'm sorry, in my recommendations for them, I am able to incorporate the things that they're saying um, or wanting more 
versus if I walk in and somebody is very new and doesn't know much and maybe gets, you know, feels a little bit scared, then I change my style because I'm able to feel that, okay, this person um, maybe needs a little bit more hand-holding. So actually let me explain a little bit more. Let me make sure that they feel comfortable, which is really important. So then maybe in my explanation, my style will change a little bit where I'm talking a little bit more about, well, how are they going to feel? How's it going to feel during the process, right after the process? How is it going to be compared to, let's say, something else that may be a little bit longer of a downtime versus, you know, less long of a downtime? So it really just does depend on when I walk into the room, like the feeling that I get from the individual. So I can't say my style is, I have a particular style mm -hmm. for all of the clients that come in. It really is just based on, you know, what I get out of them when I walk into the room for the first time with them and just, you know, how the conversation flows and how I feel that their nerves have changed. If they're continuing to be nervous throughout the appointment or if they've kind of, or maybe a little bit on defense or they've kind of just relaxed and their body language kind of relaxed and, you know, they're more able to hear about the treatments or, you know, all different types of things. And I'm able to also, you know, share a little bit more. Got it. Now, I'm sure that even as you go through this process of sharing, there's a lot of misconceptions that people have about the treatments that you offer. What are some of the most common misconceptions that you hear most from your patients? So I can answer that question with fillers. The mm -hmm. misconception there is that if you get fillers, um, it'll be very obvious or at some point um, they will migrate or, you know, kind of have some, you know, have some kind of adverse effect. More particularly, actually, I want to get into lip fillers. So lip fillers, and I know by experience, you can definitely get lip fillers done without anybody knowing, not even your partner that you go home to <laughs> that day. Um, and I'm saying I know by experience because I've treated a lot of my patients who I see them, you know, two weeks later, three weeks later, and they came in for something else. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot we did lip fillers for you three <laughs> weeks ago. They'll be like, wow, I'm really happy with my lips. I'm like, oh my God, I totally forgot I did it for you three <laughs> weeks ago. But yeah, I, I see it. It's on your chart. I did it for you. Um, and so it's, you know, again, it's going back to finding contentment within yourself. It's going back to Santosha. It's going mm -hmm. back to that happy middle. It's like you can get these things done without it being very obvious and with you still looking like yourself. It's just like yourself 2.0 yourself rejuvenated, yourself refreshed, yourself with more sleep, yourself with less anxiety and stress. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, got it. Now, so, I'm sure that you yeah. may have get some people that come in. And if you could explain this from kind of your in your own words, what is the biggest difference between what a medical spa does in their treatments and what your traditional cosmetic surgery does in their treatments? Kind of what's the best fit for any specific person? So um, like a cosmetic surgeon is going to be a surgery, it's going to be invasive and there is going to be general anesthesia involved, which means that you are completely out, you put asleep. And so that's something where um, downtime is much longer and the effects are also going to be much more noticeable. So somebody who, you know, some, someone who is thinking about cosmetic surgery sometimes does end up just doing, you know, let's say layering treatments, like they'll do like lasers and some Botox mm -hmm. and fillers and they'll be happy for a while, but I can never compare that 
you know, apples to apples, mm -hmm. um, because it, it's going to be a different level of treatment. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's the basically the the plastic surgery side is it's a much more serious, involved, invasive treatment for someone who maybe needs that or is okay with the drawbacks of that, versus the medical spa is more of the less downtime, less invasive. And if you're kind of looking for maybe some small changes here and there, you'd be a little bit better fit. Would you say that that's relatively accurate? Exactly. Better fit for smaller changes. So I would never, you know, say to someone, yeah, come get Botox and fillers and you're going to be just as happy as if you mm -hmm. went and got a facelift. Mm -hmm. It's not the same, right? So if you get a facelift, yeah. you're going to see the results way more and you mm -hmm. may be happier if you need it mm -hmm. than if you came and just got Botox and fillers. Okay, got it. Now, I want to switch over to patients, your patients, how would you say that you balance providing that relaxing experience for your patients when they come for a treatment, but also making sure that their safety and well-being are taken into account? So medical history is very important. Um, so every patient that requests a consultation with us, they have to fill out a form. And within the form, we ask basic medical history, social history, if they have done any kind of treatments before. But there's certain things that I'm looking for that would be absolute no's or red flags that I wouldn't move forward with, you know, not all of the of the product or not all the services that I offer, but I wouldn't move forward with some of the services. So I'm looking for people who, let's say, have, you know, autoimmune disorders, people who have autoimmune disorders that are not controlled, flare-ups. Um, I'm looking for individuals who have had recent infections where they've required antibiotics or they're getting over anything where their immune system is down. I'm looking for pregnancy, obviously, breastfeeding, and the certain types of medication. So we ask all these things just to make sure that the patient is safe with the treatments. Now, we can never guarantee anything. There's always going to be risks, always. Yeah. And that's something that we also make sure the patient understands, you know, whether and they understand and and that would be what we use to move forward with the with the treatments. Now, this next question, I'm very curious about what your answer would be, because when people think about medicine, they think it's a very scientific step by step um, process. But what would you say, what role does creativity play in the way that you approach the care for your patients? So medicine is very step by step. And I would say within medical aesthetics, there are things that we are still doing in a very step-by-step -step approach. Let's say, you know, managing adverse effects or, you know, outcomes that aren't desirable. Now, the aesthetics part is what brings the creativity in there. And this is where one size does not fit all, where I'm able to be creative because there isn't a exact step-by-step step, step uh, i'm sorry step-by-step step approach to medical aesthetics so i'm able to say hey you can do this or this which one do you feel comfortable with okay let's try this first um maybe it'll work maybe it won't mm -hmm. because i haven't treated the person i don't know how your skin's going to respond mm -hmm. um so there's a lot of that too where there's less certainty than maybe other fields of medicine mm -hmm. and so that lack of certainty or less certainty could be a good thing or a bad thing actually allows for a little bit more creativity and allows for the patient to also have a little bit more say in how they want to go about with you know, the outcome or what they want um, at Got the it. end of the treatment. 
Got it. Now, I'm sure that throughout your experience, you've probably had some particularly challenging cases that you've had to work with. You mind sharing just one story of just a tough case that you got, but in the end, you were able to get them a successful result? Yes. So I had a patient and she was, I believe, at the time in her late 60s. Um, and this, I'm sharing this because also it was very, it was very heartwarming because she really appreciated the, the outcome. But um, she was a woman who um, was born with a um, hemangioma on her face. It was congenital. So she, it's, it's basically this, this vascular um, benign tumor. Um, they can come very small where, you know, people have cherry angiomas where they're tiny, tiny, tiny. And, you know, people develop them on their body, sun exposure, things like that. But sometimes it can be very large. And so she had a um, huge one when she was born. I would say, I, I think she said about like five inches or something like that in, in, wow. in um, uh, diameter. And so um, she had um, radiation and therapy, radiation therapy, surgery, many surgeries, mm -hmm. you know, many bouts of radiation as a child and uh, early childhood throughout her teens. And then as an adult, she had different plastic surgery treatments um, to help with achieving asymmetry because what happened at the end was that, you know, one side of her face, it was the left side um, around her, her nasal area, her nasal cheek area. She had uh, asymmetry, she had fat loss. It just looked drooping compared to the other side. So this woman had, you know, fillers done, different types of uh, fat graft placements. And so she came to me and I decided to do thread lifts for her. She's never had thread lips done before. And this is, you know, post all her other uh, treatments that she tried. And so the reason why I decided thread lifts was because thread lifts reposition fat pads. And I noticed just the style within that left side of her face that she had, it was a little bit more sagging or depressed that side of the cheek, but she still had um, good fat pads. Mm -hmm. So um, it was very challenging because I did have to see her over um, a few times just because when we're doing thread lifts and when we're you know for her case we it, it was more of a severe case where you know i need to use a lot of a suture material she had a lot of swelling so we had to do the treatment over a couple sessions but basically what i was able to do was i was able to reposition her fat pads and i was able to lift up that cheek and create a more asymmetric look where her cheek was lifted up and so she didn't have this depressed concavity that she used to have on the left side of her face and she was really pleased with it. She had tears in her eyes because she's like, wow, I've done all of these different things, but this was the least downtime, maybe not as invasive as some of the other treatments that she had. And it gave her good results. It gave her lasting results. Obviously it goes away after a while because of dissolvable sutures. <laughs> and so we had to redo the treatment a few times, but that was a case where it was very difficult, but nothing good comes easy. It was, yeah. it was a very, you know, it was a very difficult case, but happy for her. I was happy that she felt confident. She was like, wow, I can, you know, look at my look in the mirror and just actually mm -hmm. not just focus on that part or not kind of figure out, okay, what can I do next to make mm -hmm. my face, you know, look more symmetrical. That's amazing. I mean, it's, I think it's one thing that people don't realize about the aesthetics industry is that you really change people's lives because they have something either physically or mentally or emotionally or all of them that's holding the back. And then when you're able to fix that for them, it just completely turns their life around. So I think people don't really quite realize that when it comes to the aesthetics industry. Where do you think the future of aesthetics is going? So I think what I brought up earlier about what excites me, I think that aesthetics and functional medicine is merging and I'm really excited about that. I, I think that people are looking for 
um, regeneration. And I think that's going on with not just aesthetics, but it's going on with pain management. It's going on with ortho and primary care. Just how we look at illness is that, hey, our bodies were meant to heal themselves. So what can we do to enhance that, to continue the healing? So, you know, functional medicine or anti-aging medicine, it's looking as aging as a disease. And so if we're able to really understand how our bodies age, we can try to reverse that. And mm -hmm. so there's, you know, lots of burgeoning research and lots of cool things out there right now that really excites me. That's, you know, maybe outside of aesthetics currently mm -hmm. right now, but I really do see aesthetic medicine going there. Now I have one last question for you, but before I ask it, I want to point people to your website at www.santoshaesthetics.com. Now, the last question is, what would you say is the most important piece of advice you can give to someone who's maybe on the fence about getting some type of aesthetic treatment done, but something's holding them back? Listen to your gut. So <laughs> if you're not comfortable doing a treatment, even if you're, you know, you, you know, let's say you're a little nervous, you come, you sit on the seat, you had your consultation, you still don't feel comfortable, don't go through with it. That's the most important piece of advice I can give you. You have to be at one, you have to be aligned with um, whatever treatment that you're going to get. Um, listen to your gut because it's emotional intelligence and it's telling you something that maybe logically you can't understand. Um, and it just maybe means that you're not ready for it. Maybe it means the practitioner is not the right fit for you. Um, but it just means that it's not the right time. Okay, got it. Well, there you have it. Pantea sharing her expertise. Now, Pantea, where can people contact you in your practice? So um, you shared our website. We have a booking link there. Um, we have an Instagram, Santosha Aesthetics. And you can also call us, 310-740-9373. Um, what else? Yeah, those are the best ways. <laughs> okay, great. Well, thanks for being on the show and sharing your message. Thank you for having Thanks for me. listening to the Beauty Talk podcast. Any questions, please contact the practice directly with the contact information provided during the show. We'll see you again next time. Bye for now.